0: God. Oh my God. (laughs) What is going on? I think last time
1: you said holy crap.
0: I did say holy crap. This day is oh my god. It's Let's Go Duffalo and Odyssey Podcast. My name is Pat Duffy, hanging out with Mr. Ryan Duffy. Hey. Okay, so before we get into this game, and there is a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today on the show. First of all, we want to say thank you to everyone
1: that's been downloading and listening to the show. For sure. I am so grateful for every single person who has listened to this show so far. Um, it is an absolute... It's so much fun to just do this with you. The fact that that anyone is interested in what we have to say I'm bored is, now. No, I'm is bored. very humbling. Now I'm so bored with truly, truly. Thank you so much. I'm so bored with what you're saying. Really right appreciate now. it. Let's get into what
0: happened in this game on Monday night. Is that the most satisfying win of the last decade in Orchard Park?
1: Um. No, I would say the Patriots um, playoff game last year was the most satisfying, okay. but I know where you're going with it. I think that the the fact that it was Monday night because the Bills haven't won in Orchard Park on Monday night. And the
0: last quarterback to lose a Monday night football game against Buffalo in Orchard Park was John Elway in 1994.
1: Interesting. Um. Yeah, so like I said, long time since a Monday Night Football game uh, has been won by the Bills in Orchard Park. So awesome there. I also think it was great because it was the Titans. Okay, let's talk about that. The Titans have had our number for
0: years, so that sucks, right? Like yeah. the last two years, the Bills have beaten consistently every team in the NFL. I mean, I know you've lost the, uh, the Chiefs twice in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but you got them last year in Orchard Park or in Kansas City. Yep. You know you can beat them. Yeah, for sure. The Titans felt like that team that matched up so well against the Bills, you wondered if you were ever going to beat this team.
1: I completely agree. And and it seemed as though for the first half of this game, that that could have that was kind of happening again. And but, I was getting a little worried.
0: No, I know what you mean. The Titans were playing their game, and they were luring the Bills into playing their game.
1: Right. Even though going into half, we were up by 10, 17-7, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it felt good, but still that, that touchdown conversion was on fourth and one. It could have easily gone the other way. It just just felt much tighter of a game that I would have liked. Here's what's frustrating about the Titans. They're not that great. In the last two years, they haven't
0: been that great. Like, Tannehill is an average quarterback. Henry is an amazing running back. But that's all you have, and you don't consistently win games in the NFL with just a running back. Yet, for some reason, they've been the first overall seed in the AFC playoffs. And you watch Buffalo play. You watch Tennessee play not playing each other the last two years, three years, and you go, of course the bills are going to blow this team out. And you get in that game, and Vrabel just suckers you in to this physical, flag-laden, gross-ass game. Yeah. And it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating to watch those two Tennessee games the two previous seasons. Mm -hmm. And knowing that Buffalo went out, they out physical tennessee. Yeah. They punched him right in the mouth and then they proceeded
1: to do what they wanted to do. God, it felt so good. And and like you said, do what they wanted to do but then also completely stop tennessee from doing what they wanted to do. Um yeah, super satisfying.
0: Derrick Henry just over 2 yards of carry. However, uh the he had one carry for 9 yards. That was mm-hmm. his longest carry of the night. If you remove that carry, I believe he was 13 carries, 12 carries for Less than just over a yard per carry. Man, that's Derek Henry.
1: If you would have told me that going into the game, obviously, like that's an awesome stat for the the Bills defense. Um, Did get the touchdown, but at the same time, you know, it was the only touchdown they had on the game or the only points they had on the game, and it was what, fourth and three? Something like that. They were knocking on the door.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, yeah, you were on the, you were inside the five. It was that, the, the thing that was very frustrating to me, at least in the first quarter, the first couple of drives, the Bills defense, with your rookie corners, right? You're missing key pieces in Ed Oliver on the defensive tackle. Yep, they had him in third and long multiple times. Yep, right? You had him in fourth down a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And you kept giving it up, and that's what was scaring me. Like that was going to come back and haunt us. You know, it's like leaving runners on base in baseball; they are going to haunt you
1: for sure. I, I I'm glad you said that because that third and long that um I, I, I can't remember who just the scamper or whatever it was was it Malik or um oh gosh doesn't matter it was the Tannehill
0: pass over in, towards the end zone
1: yeah but but either way like the there was a third and long there were several third and longs where it's like you you play great on first down or keep them to one or two yards and then second down you're you're getting attacked tackle for loss or some kind of sack, something big. And then I feel like third down, it's just like, it, it just seems to fall apart. I obviously like the bills won the game 41 to seven, right? Like you can't really, if you just look at the box score, there's not a whole lot to complain about, but that kind of stuff worries me a little bit only in a sense of like, it's frustrating, like you said, to watch it kind of unfold in, in real time and see a third and long be converted. Like, come
0: on. See, I'm actually the opposite way. I'm optimistic the way that it worked out. I mean, for years, The Bills, when it came to adjustments, were at the strongest, right? Like the third quarter coming out of halftime for the last two seasons, like you knew the Bills were going to come out in the third quarter and you were going to, and then fourth quarter, Josh Allen was going to come in and save the day. Tannehill and the Titans exposed the Bills linebackers for the first two and a half drives. Everything was wide open over the middle. They had them moving. Those were the only two times that happened. Those two drives, as soon as that third drive halfway through was going, it was over. They adjusted. They did whatever they had to do. Tremaine Edmonds ended up having an unbelievable game. And you want to talk about unbelievable plays by linebackers. How about Matt Milano with the pick six? Looks, guns it, downfield. Picked off. Intercepted at the 45-yard line. Picked off by Matt Milano. Headed to the end zone. He is in. Touchdown, Buffalo. Matt Milano. Touchdown, Buffalo. They are rolling him now. Matt Milano stepped in front of that pass and had clear sailing to the end zone. John Murphy and the Bills Radio Network, every woman watching that game in Western New York had a little tickle watching those arms <laughs> run into the end zone.
1: Did you know that every woman's in love with Matt Milano? Um, I could see that. He's a good-looking guy. No, like
0: super handsome, apparently. There are several, and when I say several, I mean like hundreds of Instagram and Twitter handles dedicated to just sexy pictures of Matt Milano.
1: Huh. Okay. Well, well, I you, believe why are you yeah. surprised by this? Uh, because I haven't seen any. He's of got them.
0: dreamy eyes. He's yeah. got very soft yet intimidating features. Check those arms. It's like a baby's head <laughs> in his bicep. <laughs> He's a good-looking guy. It's let's, insane. Let's
1: all bump the brakes on how attractive Matt Milano I'm is. I'm sorry. Can I not be
0: secure <laughs> enough in my manhood <laughs> where I can sit here and talk about how sexy Matt Milano is? Of course. Is no, that
1: not fair? No. It's it's you know God bless you. So with a 41-7 win, I'm sorry. Were you going to say something? No. I um. I just <laughs> no. The... Let me proceed to say stuff. <laughs> No, the uh, yes, the pick six was awesome. It's great, to, and especially coming from Milano, I feel like that is a guy who who gives his absolute all, play in, play out, and it's great for him to come away with, I think, his first touchdown. Was that his first touchdown? I, I, I think so. I don't know. I could be wrong, but at least a touchdown. You know, good for him. By the way, uh, so
0: exciting that my dog, my best known, Biscuit, Yelling in the background about how excited he was about Matt Milano.
1: He must have come across one of those uh, uh, pages that you were talking about. And then you're all like, hey, Bassett, calm
0: down, man. You're making me uncomfortable how sexy Matt Milano is. It's getting pretty rough out there. That was so bad, even the dog stopped barking. You're welcome. Okay, we can sit here and we can go on and on and on about how great a 41-7 win at home on a Monday night primetime game is. Mm -hmm. It's over and over. But I think the most amazing thing about that game on Monday night is what Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs were able to do during that game. And let's let's break down here why it was so amazing. You know Josh Allen's great. Mm-hmm. You know Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in the league. Totally. We find out just before game time, Gabe Davis is not going to play. Turned his ankle in practice, he's out. Major bummer. He, bummer is the understatement of the century. Yeah. Gabe Davis is the guy who blows the lid off of those defenses. Uh-huh. He's going to get deep. He's going to clear underneath for Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs is going to go to work. Then, in-game, Mitch Morse, all-world center, leaves. You're not without your starting center against a very good defensive line in Tennessee. Yeah. So, like, you are majorly hamstrung in two very key positions. Yet, despite that, what Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs were able to do. Takes a handoff, going to throw it. Looks downfield, looks downfield, fires downfield, looking for Diggs inside the five, dives for it, makes the catch, and it is caught. Touchdown, Buffalo! Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs! Touchdown, Bills! A 46-yard completion. Without Gabe Davis there to help him out, Stephon Diggs had three touchdown catches Mm -hmm. against the Titans. Yeah. And all of them were spectacular. The one you just heard, that ball was in the air for 17 minutes.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I am with you in that it seemed like going into it, just speaking to the injuries real quick, Um, it's, it felt like one of those games where like, yeah, we're supposed to win. We're favored by seven points. We're at home, you know, expectations through the roof, especially after last week with everything going into, uh, the injury with Gabe Davis and then how it kind of unfolded, like going, you know, shot for shot with Tennessee in the, in the first two drives, Mitch Morris goes down. It, it felt like all the things were coming together of like, oh, no, like this is going to happen in front of everyone, uh, you know, national television that the Bills aren't as for real as we thought they were, especially considering Tennessee lost to the Giants, not saying the Giants are bad. It's, it just remains to be seen. But the expectation for Buffalo was so high. It just felt like one of those games. And then when Diggs and Allen started connecting like that, good Lord, it feels so good that to know that that kind of connection can happen on at will. You, you know need, what I mean? When you need it. When you need it, When you there. need it to happen, it's there. Third downs, uh, over-the-top touchdowns, just long passes. It's just, it's so great to, to be able to watch and be a fan of one of those teams. Watching the game,
0: the performance from Diggs was dominant. Mm-hmm. But you don't fully understand how dominant it was until you go back and look at the box store, score from that game. Stephon Diggs, without his second receiver made 12 catches for 148 yards and three touchdowns. He averaged over 12 yards a catch. The next Bills player when it came to catches in second place was Dawson Knox with four. Hmm. After Dawson Knox, nobody on this team had more than two catches that night. So you go 12 for Diggs, four for Knox, Jake Humeroe, Reggie Gilliam, Isaiah McKenzie, Devin Singletary each have two. That is bananas because the Titans knew exactly where that ball was going to go. Yep. And they couldn't stop it.
1: Ah, man. It's, it's, yeah, that's, that's domination right there. You can't guard him. You can't guard. And now I understand too that like, you know, the, the, the Titans defense was banged up a little bit. They had a rookie corner on. um, Oh, what's that like? uh, (laughs) No. uh, Yeah. Okay. They had a rookie corner on digs. You know, it's a tall ask. It's wonderful. I'm not going to not going to make any. I'm not going to be an apologist for Stefan Diggs absolutely torching the secondary of the Titans.
0: I'll only apologize that he's not as sexy as Matt Milano.
1: Fair enough. Um but speaking of uh of just to touch on it really briefly cuz you mentioned it before, the uh rookie corners that that Buffalo has. <laughs> Hi. Hey guys. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Christian Benford plays fantastic. Played great last week, played great this week. Uh, Kyrie Elam checking into the game after um, what happened with Dane Jackson. Like, holy moly. Thank God. He
0: was limited in practice. Uh, yeah. we we're taping this on a Wednesday. I thought he was dead. I legitimately thought he was dead. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's that's scary, scary stuff. Like, you know, I'm at the game, mm-hmm. and my seats are... I was probably 20 yards from where everything happened. You could hear the noise of the helmet collision. Like it was mm. awful. Yeah, man. And as players were players and coaches, they're walking back. Cause you know, everyone's surrounded him. You saw it as they bring the aim of the sun on the field. Yeah. There were multiple coaches wiping tears away from their eyes. And I'm thinking, cause look, I, were you there with me when Kevin, Kevin Everett, Everett, you yeah, were there, there at that game. Yeah, First play out of halftime against the Broncos. We had seen that already. Yeah. So, and I'm sure there were a lot of bills fans in that stadium that were there for that too. I was convinced like this man just died on the field. Yeah. And he didn't die. And he was at practice today.
1: Yeah, I and mean, he practiced. <laughs> Didn't for die. Him. At practice. I mean, hey, I, that it was, was actually
0: on the injury report. <laughs> Did not die. <laughs> Did not die. Limited in practice.
1: Um, hey, that's great. Um, good for him, man. I mean, that's like I said, a hold your breath moment. Um, terrifying to see and super happy that he's doing what but going back well.
0: to Elam and Bedford the point that you were making
1: yeah they they're they compliment each other really well um it's nice to see that they're they're at the very least holding their own uh and you know straight up and and the the so I was thinking this before and I don't know if if one of the commentators were, were saying if it was like Orlovsky or just another talking head leading up in the day like everyone kept saying like you better hope that your uh, you know, outside standalone second or uh, you know defensive back doesn't get paired up one on one with Derrick Henry because it's going to be absolute lights out for for those guys. And I th- and you know, everyone gets. I got flashbacks of of last year or Josh two, years ago two years with Josh Norman yeah. going, you know, right to Jupiter on the stiff arm. Worst so uh, train song ever. By the way, <laughs> um, yeah. So like, so when I, I I I can't remember what drive it was on. It was earlier in the game, but um. Derrick Henry, Henry takes the pitch
0: to the outside. It was a
1: pitch. Thank you. And it makes it to the outside. And Christian Benford, like I understand, like he's not going, you know, heads up, like straight up tackle Derrick Henry, but he wraps him up, takes him down. I if, if it was for a gain, it was for a very short gain. Could have been way worse. And and that that was kind of the moment where my nerves settled down a little bit. It's like I think we can actually do this. I, I or not not that not that I doubted that we could do it, but like just the the anxiety that I mentioned before of like it feels like one of those games started to kind of dissipate a little bit and like hey we can actually play the way we want to and we're going to be okay. Hat on a hat.
0: Look, the bottom line is this. It's a good day when your two rookie corners who are playing together don't get their names said on national television. Yeah, I mean, look, there are very few plays you can point to where they break up a pass or they have an interception, but they're also not being named. They're they're not making catches on these guys, right? Like, hell, even in the beginning of that game, they weren't completing passes on the outside with Bedford. A sixth round pick, by the way. Yeah, A sixth-round pick Mm -hmm. in his second NFL start. They were completing passes on... You know, Milano on Edmonds, they weren't doing it on the corners. Yeah. All right, so just to wrap it up here again with the 41-7 win, Bills over the Titans Monday Night Football, Josh Allen, 26-38, of 38, 317 yards, four touchdowns in three quarters. In three quarters. And you still had your foot off the
1: gas midway through the third. Yeah. Yeah. It's bananas. it's bananas. Case Keenum checked into the game. I think maybe five minutes left in the third. He played the no. He played. I think wasn't that the first snap in the fourth
0: quarter? I think Josh played three quarters. Doesn't matter. You're probably right. Case yeah. went over two.
1: I know, poor guy. Know,
0: that's what you wanted last week. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Case Keenum. He case got in the game,
1: man. He he he's got snaps on the. He he will be be a member of the Buffalo Bills forever. His quarterback rating.
0: which is ridiculous. You and I could have more than a zero quarterback rating
1: getting put in the game and throwing the ball as fast as we could out of bounds. Right. I don't think if I... (laughs) All things equal, if I was at the 50-yard or not, like, you know, midfield, right, dead center... And I took a snap, even in like, uh, like a shotgun snap. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have the arm strength to get it out of bounds. <laughs> it's twenty five yards. I, I if know. If you're in the middle of the field, it's twenty five <laughs> yards. I know. Yeah, you I could don't throw it out of bounds. I don't know, man. I don't think so. I right, just
0: throw it directly into the ground. Also, an incompletion. Yeah, that's true. All right, great. Interesting news regarding a former Buffalo Bill. Oh, and. You took issue last week with a former player, as we taped this show, going back to a place he played before and getting booed. It made you very, very angry. Yeah. And it made you think, you know, Bills fans are usually pretty good about players that leave. We love them forever. With the exception of a handful. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into it. Next, it's Let's Go Duffalo. Odyssey podcasts. Sit tight. Bills fans, very loyal. When you are a Bill, they love you forever. Unless something goes very, very wrong. But let's be real here. There are a couple of times where things have gone very, very wrong with former players.
1: Yeah, you know, kind of um, not wonderful exits on the part of the player. or Maybe, you know, things didn't work out with the, between them and the fan base while they were players.
0: I would have to think there are very few franchises that appreciate role players, guys that no one else know, like Bills fans do. I mean... Hell, there's been a campaign for the last 15 years to get Steve Tasker in the Hall of Fame as the greatest special teams player of all time.
1: First of all, he deserves it. And and, and you're right. And I I don't know if that's a thing that's unique to Buffalo. Like, I agree with you because I, you know, I feel the same way. I love watching, um, you know, games and just hearing someone's name that I recognize and just thinking to myself, oh, former Bill. You know, I I like that, like, once a bill, forever a bill, as far as, uh, as far as I'm concerned, whether they're active or not.
0: But every once in a while, things go south. Yeah. A player leaves in a weird way. He says something after he's gone. And one of those players signed with a new team this week. Former Bills wide receiver Cole Beasley is now a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad. Now, I know there are some folks listening going, who is really Cole Beasley? We're going to break it down. We're going to mm-hmm. break it down. He is a very polarizing figure within the Bills fan base. He had his waves with his vaccination takes when all that stuff started. Mm -hmm. Then he got upset because he thought Bills fans were booing him in game when he was catching balls. When it was pretty obvious everyone was just yelling bees, Mm -hmm. which they had done forever. And he badmouthed the franchise on the way out which really upset some fans. He had nothing bad to say about his teammates, but he said that the franchise had changed. I don't have the tweet in front of me. I'm paraphrasing. I apologize. I'm going to ask you this question. Yeah. Is Cole Beasley a hated former Bill?
1: I don't think so. I I would say no at this point. I think that you nailed it as far as he is very polarizing for everything that you mentioned. Um. And I think those kind of parting words, those the parting shot a little bit may sting with people. Um, we'll see if he gets game time action with the Bucks. He's going to. I mean, look, they signed him because he's Tom gonna, Brady yeah. wanted
0: him. They're getting him up to speed, getting him in shape, and then he's going to
1: play. Yeah. I mean, good for him that he lands with another team. You know, he, he did great things for Buffalo. Got us into, got us out of, I should say, a lot of jams, helped a lot with the, um, with the, the Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys a couple of years ago. That, I feel, was like a, hey, world, hey, nation, this is the Buffalo Bills that we're kind of seeing now. Um, yeah, good for him, but, I mean, it is what it is. I mean,
0: Cole Beasley is the kind of guy who played football the way Bills fans want you to play football, right? Look, he went across the middle, took shots, small, undersized, that guy that nobody gave a chance to, and here he is just giving it everything he's got and being successful with it.
1: Yes, I uh, I, I completely agree with what you just said. And he raps. So that's cool. He's got hobbies, is my point. Well, I mean, you you know, you can have a hobby and not put it on YouTube. Well, I mean, you know.
0: Does any... I'm not trying to be a jerk. Sure. I'm not. No. But... Did anybody, like, actually like Cole Beasley's rap? um, Because I get that people, like, you're going to play to the tailgate because it's fun. I guess my question is, is there anyone who's... Cole Beasley didn't play for their favorite team mm-hmm. where they downloaded Cole Beasley's
1: rap album was like hey you got to hear this. Wait a minute, you're telling me this guy is a football player? <laughs> like yeah, no. I I I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. Um let me put it this way. It's no worse than uh from a few years ago Rex Ryman. Did you ever hear that guy? No. Rex Ryman? No, but he's not a football player. Like that guy's just looking at he filmed his rap music video in the parking lot. He had a suit on and a Jersey underneath it. No, but like, that's just a guy. I get Rex that Ryman.
0: like Cole Beasley. You get enough attention. You play football. You're a millionaire. You I don't saying, also have to be rapping. I know
1: what you're saying, but my point was that like, it kind of speaks to that same mentality that, that I think appealed to Bill's fans of like, I'm going to do what I think is best for me. I, I'm going to wear my heart on my sleeve and just do me, so to speak. Okay. Um, and that can be great. And I think we kind of also saw that like it can be a little polarizing, a little polarizing, just a tad, a lot of polarizing. Um, But uh, but yeah, I mean that you can't fault him for being um, uh, opinionated. I guess is my point. But good on him. You do you. Um, We'll we'll see you. Down the road. It's so funny how you're afraid <laughs> to hurt everybody's feelings. No, I'm not afraid to I I
0: I don't what if the, Cole Beasley hears this and please. he doesn't come to my birthday party and rap his songs. Well, I mean
1: he well, he hasn't responded to me yet, and I've reached out to him multiple times over Twitter asking if any of his teammates call him Cool Beansley, and he never got back to me. Um uh, but in any case, no, I'm not afraid of hurting anyone's feelings or putting my opinion out there. It's just like you, you do you. I'm not gonna fault you for being um, you know. Uh, having a, a, a an opinion that you're willing to back up. I may disagree with it, but you do you, man. All
0: right, so as we get into this discussion of Bill's players that are gone that we hated after. Yeah. In your head, the A-number-one former Bill who fans immediately despise, go. Uh, Steph Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore is a good one. So Stephon Gilmore, you know, first-round draft pick, all-world Bill's corner, was very successful here. Mm-hmm. The way that he leaves. Yep. I mean, the Bills weren't going to be able to afford him anyway. And at that point in the franchise, it wasn't worth spending that much money on one of the best corners in the league when you didn't have a team around him.
1: It would have been a massive mistake to pay him the money that he was looking for just to keep an elite level talent that, you know, on, on the team at that point, you would have sacrificed a lot.
0: But he, wins up, he ends up in New England, which is hurt one. Yeah. He has comments, and I'm paraphrasing again, where he wanted to go play New England because he wanted to be on national television, mm-hmm. play his games on national television so his family could see him, which... Look, man. If there's one thing you don't do, yeah. leaving Western New York, it's make Bills fans feel small,
1: which I think would also kind of tie into my number two that comes into my head. Okay, but any, but in any case, yeah, know. I think that um, which I could actually, I would say now that I'm really thinking about this, that my number two, who I'm about to go into, would be more hated than Stephon Gilmore but I think Stephon Gilmore is more raw because it's newer maybe not raw anymore considering he's kind of I don't even think about him all. yeah, well, yeah well, he's he's for not sure
0: I mean look I mean, he's in Indianapolis that team was supposed to be something before the season started turns out Matt Ryan's arm doesn't work anymore yeah it's a bummer
1: uh, but I but I guess my point is like this is his third team in three years right he played for uh, or was New England Carolina, Carolina and now Indianapolis. Indianapolis so I mean kind of a journeyman at this point who do you have for number two Willis McGahee
0: why do people hear Willis McGahee? Willis McGahee? Is there an echo in my studio in the house? The
1: Playboy magazine interview. Okay, go on. Okay, so I, you know, he played in Buffalo. Was drafted by Buffalo after his knee literally exploded, and they still spent a first round dra- draft pick on him. And you know, sat for the entire first year, if I recall correctly. Yes. yes. Uh, gets in. You know, was was productive. Was a, a good number one running back. And then on his way out of Buffalo, does the interview in in Playboy magazine, right? Saying how there's like no good looking women in Buffalo. Buffalo sucks. Blah, blah, blah.
0: That ain't good, man. All right, so here's the thing. Like, I, I get that Willis McGahee he was like a fine football player. He's so irrelevant to Bill's history. I have no ill will towards Willis McGahee because I never really thought about Willis McGahee.
1: I'm thinking of, it's fair enough. I'm thinking Cause I of, know,
0: like, Stephon Gilmore was a legitimate piece of this team. He was someone that was featured when the Bills were talked about nationally. Yep. Like, Willis McGahee had a couple of fine seasons in Buffalo. He's Travis Henry. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, fair I mean, enough. He's Antoine Smith. I mean, I don't know. I would think Antoine Smith means more to this franchise than Willis McGahee does. Like I, the second Willis McGahee left, with the exception of seeing him playing with the Ravens, I never gave a second thought to Willis McGahee.
1: So maybe Willis McGahee stands out more for me because I was at the game, his first game back with, but when he was with Baltimore and I remember, you know, it must've been a TV timeout or something. He's on the field, you know, Ravens offense is on the field. And, you know, the fans are giving it to him. And he obviously hears what's going on and kind of backs away from the huddle a little bit and starts like dancing and like really trying to like, you know, act the heel and like bring it on. And I mean, I can't remember how old I was at the time, but I thought to myself, well, he can't do that. We're making fun of him. Stop it. How dare you right. dance? Feel bad about yourself for making a business decision. Um, but no, I and, and like. Yeah, of course, it's it's irrelevant now. He really got it. Did he win a a Super Bowl with uh, uh with
0: Baltimore I don't,
1: I don't know either I mean if he did good for him but but I mean it's been <laughs> I hate him good for him oh no I, I I brought him up because I feel like his parting shot was a lot more personal I arguably I guess maybe the um the what? flippancy of Stefan Gilmore's comments may hurt even more of like like wow that you're not making fun of us. You're just saying like, you're irrelevant. No, like, look, I'm not going to be seen here. You're right. But I mean, Willis McGahee
0: legitimately said, you're irrelevant. Your women are ugly. There's nothing to do in Buffalo. Yeah. Stefan Gilmore made a business decision. You understand why he would want to play with a better team. And he wasn't wrong when he said he was going to play on national television. He just meant more to this franchise. Like, I think everyone felt like Willis McGahee never felt like a guy that was a Buffalo Bill. Fair enough. Where Stefan Gilmore, you know, he was one of us for a little while. Yeah. And like, how could you say that about we were all in this together?
1: Yeah. We, we we went out and, you know, kind of, we got you. He's a first round pick, right? Yep. I mean, um, and, and really kind of held our own for you. And then you're just, you know, second free agency comes. It's like, see you later.
0: That hurts. Okay. You haven't brought up, I believe, the most hated former Buffalo Bill of the last eh, 20 years. The last 20 of years? The last 20 years, the most hated Buffalo Bill. Um, Man, no, I don't know who you're talking How about. How could you forget? About Dante Whitner? Oh, how could you not have Dante Whitner
1: immediately
0: pop into your head?
1: Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. kind of irrelevant to me. I hold him in the same. I hold him in the same vein as Nate Clements. No, wait a minute. Wait, no,
0: wait. wait. Nate Clements was not irrelevant. He was one of the best quarters in the
1: league, of course. And I think that I guess Dante like, Whitner not even close to that as a defensive back. What I'm saying, as far as like the the impact for me and and like the hurt of him leaving. I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. I, I see your point. I just... I'm just i I'm not there. Dante Witten
0: ran his mouth as, the entire time he was in Buffalo. But when he was here, you know, we liked that, right? We want that attitude. He had a chip on his shoulder. He was going to hit people hard. He wasn't going to intercept any balls because what did he have, like one two or his entire career at Buffalo? Yeah. But, you know, he was, he was going to try hard. He was getting everything he got. And the second he walked from Buffalo, just blah, 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 blah. And any opportunity he had to take a shot at fans or the franchise or... Or children of other former Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah. He took it. Like if you're gonna ask me the player that I hate the most, former Buffalo Bill, it's Dante Whitner with double exclamation points.
1: That's I mean totally fair point. I um. Why well, are you talking about Dante Whitner or are you talking about Dante Hittner? Because didn't he change his last name to Hittner or, think, or was that? Just I don't a think it like
0: actually changed it. I think it was on Twitter for a little while. He okay. was Dante. He called himself Dante Hittner. Interesting. Nothing
1: really. No passion for Dante Whitner at all. Yeah, I, I guess not. You know. But even just, like, I don't know, now I'm trying to think of, like, former Bills that, like, I have animosity built up toward. Like, Marcel Darius is there, but, but more so of, like, you know, I just felt like he was kind of a jerk. I looked at him as more of a tragic figure. I don't know if I hate Marcel Darius. Because, like, he's a third um, overall pick. It hate's a tough word. Or it hate's a strong word there. I, I would just say, like, you know... Ah. All right, let me let's go. Let's
0: break it down here. Marcel sure. Darius, former third overall pick, and he gets a massive deal, which had a massive cap. Thank hit. you,
1: Sue. I remember that clip that that little soundbite that he gave all the time. Nadaman Sue signs a huge deal, and that opens the door for Marcel Darius to sign a huge deal. All right, look,
0: if there's one thing you can say about Marcel Darius, it's wasted talent. If you've ever seen it, suspensions for substance abuse, questions about his work ethic. He ends up getting traded for what a sixth round, seventh pick? seventh round pick was it? Yeah, to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So. But here's the thing. At the same time, Marcel Darius didn't take himself number three overall. Yeah. Marcel Darius didn't offer himself that that contract extension. Mm -hmm. I mean, those two things are not his fault. Yeah. I mean, I guess you can make the argument that when you have that to live up to, you need to do everything you can to live up to it. However, it's not like he came in, said, I deserve XYZ, and then just sat on his ass, smoked pot, and got shipped out of town.
1: Yeah, I I would I'd be curious to know if there was ever any kind of like holdout for uh, for camp and stuff like that. But there wasn't. But, I was there for it. No, okay. Um, but but what you're saying actually brings up a really good point. Back to like, um, Dante Whitner and uh, even even uh, Willis McGahee. Do you think that? And it ties all the way back to Cole Beasley. Do oh you God. do you think that? the the way the organization was run at the those different points of those players leaving on bad notes had a lot to do with why these players were so upset or, or at the very least were so willing to um, be vocal about what they were upset about. So
0: you're saying the general manager, the
1: coaching staff, they right. had no problem. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, it was a dysfunctional
0: franchise at the time. That being said, man, you know, you have to know as a player, at least and maybe they're more aware of it now because of social media, that these things you say, it doesn't hurt the general manager's feelings, doesn't hurt the coach's feelings. I think it, it would hurt Doug Whaley's feelings. Okay, Doug Whaley's maybe. <laughs> but it's gonna destroy the fans who went out and bought your jersey and paid tickets to see you
1: agreed and and i i don't know if the fans are kind of collateral now obviously like willis mcgay made very explicit comments toward the fan base or toward the female (laughs) every woman in buffalo has a a right to be angry same with dante Whitner, um you know but but i uh, i guess like no good looking i I (laughs) dude, what do you you're you're out of your mind um So, but, but I guess like my point is like the fans, I think are kind of collateral damage when, when that kind of stuff doesn't happen. You know, when someone like Stefan Gilmore says, he never said like fans suck. Like I'm out of here. You know, if anything, uh, Marquise Goodwin talked uh, garbage about the fans when he was here. Like
0: man, if Willis McGahee was irrelevant, Marquise Goodwin. Flash. Bro.
1: Ah, King of the impossible.
0: If I remember correctly, (laughs) what on Marquise Goodwin's like first four catches, he injured himself on two of them. He's still playing, um, by the way. He's still only where. I, I just heard, heard his name at a game I was watching, and I forgot. But he's
1: in San Francisco. He's not in San Francisco anymore. Yeah. But that's how irrelevant Marquise Goodwin. How
0: could you be mad? I don't even think Marquise
1: Goodwin remembers well, I'm Marquise. Not, Goodwin. I'm not mad at him. I, I just remember the um, like he made some comment of like you know the offense hadn't scored a touchdown in like like sixteen quarters, and the fans were upset. They were booing, and he went to Twitter or something and said you know like oh it looks like we're fighting against our air quote fans again. I was like dude, come on score points
0: all right let's do a lightning round of guys that signed with rivals because stefan gilmore is a big one i think because new england in there okay real quick chris hogan love him or hate him ah indifferent okay Antoine smith in new england love him or hate him love him love Antoine smith despite the fact that he was part of the first super bowl that tom brady won
1: yeah i mean in fact
0: the famous video of when they're running on the field he's got his helmet in his hands he's the first one high knees big smile on his
1: face uh, you would have to hate don Beebe for the same reason i don't hate him not a rival uh, fair enough, but I wouldn't even consider the Patriots' arrival at that point. It was their first; they were in the division, then, but but they were so irrelevant before they hadn't gone to the Super Bowl since they went to the Super No, no. no it was like late nineties. You're right, but but either way, I'm so, maybe I just wasn't a football fan at this point. Landy Brown, keep going. Mario Williams of Miami, I hate why because he was a, he just didn't seem like he was into it here. He got paid a hundred million dollars and then just you know a, a great uh, output originally. He but then, had great
0: like that's what's so funny.
1: Bills fans <laughs> have this negative opinion on Mario Williams and there's this
0: idea for some reason that he never did anything in Buffalo go back and look at his numbers they were worthy of the contract he signed in the years that they were supposed to be worthy of it and yes you had to overpay him to get him to come to a market like this and yes maybe he didn't want to be here and he came here for the money but it's not like the guy did not
1: give you what you paid for fair enough still hate him <laughs> <laughs> alright we're gonna take a break here. Everyone- you didn't even touch base on, uh, <laughs> oh, on Tyler sorry. Tyler Croft going to the Jets Tyler Croft going to the Jets.
0: Come on, man. I started the music and stopped it. (laughs) Thinking you had a point to make. I'm going to press the button again. We're going to take a break. Everyone's favorite segment coming up here in a sec. We're going to find out what's making Ryan sad. I'll tell you what doesn't make Ryan sad. Tailgate food in the parking lot. Because if there's one thing that Bill's fans do well, and this ain't a stereotypical hot dog hamburgers discussion. If you've been to that parking lot in Orchard Park, you know hot dog hamburgers, although they'll suffice. They didn't give me any attention, and we'll get into it. It's Let's Go Duffalo, Odyssey app, where we get your podcasts. a diehard Bills fan. One, you don't just go for the game, you tailgate. Two, when you are tailgating, there are rules to tailgating. Three, one of those rules is you got to have the food and the food's got to be good. Mm -hmm. Let's go Duffalo. His name is Ryan Duffy. My name is Pat Duffy. Episode three, getting ready for Miami this week. Uh, Before we get into what we're going to talk about there, uh, it's everyone's new favorite segment. Mm -hmm. It is lighting all of the places you get your podcasts on fire because my brother Ryan here is an emotional guy. Sometimes. He wears his heart on his
1: sleeve, and sometimes he gets sad. Today we find out,
0: what's making Ryan sad?
1: Well, I do wear my heart on my sleeve, but I'm in a tank top right now. So it's falling off my arm.
0: That's actually making me sad.
1: Yeah. 41-7 against the Titans, it's hard to be sad about anything. But I will say, I'm sad that when I turned on the telecast... I had to listen to Steve levy Lewis Riddick and Dan Orlovsky when I thought that I was gonna get a Buck Aikman sandwich I have waited to watch Troy Aikman and Joe Buck call a primetime bills game perhaps they did last year and I'm <laughs> <laughs> no because no, they were on Steven Fox games. last year right yeah and I really thought it was gonna happen and it didn't and I'm sad about it
0: but what about Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? Do it
1: for you. I think that they're a fantastic duo. Okay, let's stop. I'm not gonna stop. No, let's just stop right now. I think they're really. I really appreciate their calls. Look, man. I know everyone gives garbage to Joe Buck. I I, I feel like that is a, I, I just think that that's antiquated. In my opinion, now I I appreciate. Uh, Joe Buck for for what he... For having a dad that got him that job. Oh, nepo- you want to argue about nepotism? No, I mean, arguing- as the two brothers talk about on their podcast. No, see, I had this job first. If anybody, you are the one who's
0: benefiting from nepotism. <laughs> Second, look, man, you know, if his dad got him a job being a production assistant that he worked his way up But that's fine. No, it's like, hey, you're 30, now you're on national television. Nah, and I, mean- I don't hate his calls and I don't hate Aikman's calls. Like, they're a fine duo. Don't sit here and be like, oh, it's like hearing co-selling dandy Don Meredith. I- no,
1: well, I'm comparing them to the current, or to the front uh, Monday Night Football crew. Uh, now, listen, I didn't get to hear the call because you know I was at the game. Oh, excuse me. No big
0: deal. But I love Dan Orlovsky. I think Lewis Riddick's really good. I mean, Steve Levy, I'm, I'm, I'm lukewarm on. Huh?
1: Maybe, maybe here's the thing. I was just looking forward to to the Troy Buck uh, the, the Troy the, <laughs> Buck, um, the Joe Buck and Troy Aikman combo, just because like it's a new thing of them being on ESPN. Um, I was I was just looking forward to that. I thought that the the, the Bills Titans game and maybe this is actually what's why it's making me sad. I thought oh, that sorry, the Bills on. the hand yep, right, wrong one. There, there we go. go. Yeah, <laughs> I would have thought that the Bills Titans game would have been a bigger draw than Eagles Vikings, which to my standard would, would mean that you would get your A crew on the telecast. Okay. So the fact that it was the Steve Levy crew, you just felt, a, a felt little bit. Of, I felt a little disrespectful. Okay, that's fair. That's <clears> fair so, enough. And, but and and here's the thing. I just want to clarify. I don't hate Steve Levy. That sounds like you hate Ra- Steve No, Levy. I don't. Why? I don't. Why do you hate Steve Levy? I here's the thing. I, I I think that they do a fine job. Steve Levy obviously has done a lot better. And I think he's done a lot better in. what well, he's been calling it for three years now. He's right? been
0: calling. Since he was like 20.
1: He's been calling Monday Night Football for okay. three years now. I I think this is year three for him. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Doesn't matter. Um, but in any case, like I think he has gotten better. Um, I just wanted Buck Aikman. And, and I do think Levy tries a little too hard. I feel like he yeah, just it's too much for me, man. Like, I don't I feel like like I I don't think of of Troy. Aikman and Joe Buck trying too hard I when I think of Joe Buck now like maybe people think of like the Randy Moss thing years and years ago and that's why people are sour on him I think of the Minneapolis miracle I like I think of that call when I think of Joe Buck now I don't really watch baseball so I can't really speak to that but uh, I know he's big uh, baseball commentator but um, yeah man I think he's he's got a, a he does a really good job I think Aikman's a good pairing with him I wanted to see them Sue me. Okay, great. Let's get into
0: the meat of the segment here. When I say meat, I mean meat, baby. Bring it. All right, look, if you've never been to a Buffalo Bills game, and it would be weird if you're listening to a Bills Lifestyle podcast, having never been to a game? Hmm. The tailgate's the most important thing.
1: Maybe they wanted to hear about the experience and the lifestyle before committing to going to a game, and they found us where they get their podcast. So when it comes to taking the tailgate seriously, (laughs) there are things that make your tailgate,
0: and the number one thing that makes your tailgate is the food. Beer. And well, beer. Yes, I mean, but I include beer in the food. Beer counts too. So like uh, I mean Brian, you know, when I was coughing and said right at the same time, Brian, my brother Hello, Brian. Brian, you know when you get to that lot on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny city. Yeah. It legitimately transforms into a tiny city. Mm-hmm. And the food that is served there, you have your standards. You got your burgers and dogs cuz mm-hmm. the grills show up yeah. Grills coming out. Yep. So you can grill the burgers and dogs. You can go a little higher end with the steak and potatoes. You see that a lot. Yeah. I would like to sidebar here because uh, Ryan and I have been going to games since we were itty bitty. Long time. Because my dad has had bill season tickets since 1988. Long time. And my dad was the guy who would bring high end food to the tailgate. Big time. Despite the fact that we did not have a high end family budget to support that. No time. Okay. So he would bring steak and potatoes and other sides... He would bring full breakfasts, buy like 12
1: giant muffins from Sam's Club on a pallet. I actually just talked to my mother-in-law about those, uh, those muffins. The giant muffins? Recently giant muffins. The size of a softball, and there was 12 of them. And he would buy 12 every single day, every game. There, I, we didn't know. We weren't with 12 people. No, he only had
0: six seats, and right. they were the
1: biggest muffins in the world. Gigantic. And you were going to have steak and potatoes three hours after you ate the giant muffin. Don't forget about the shrimp
0: skewer oh my god he would make okay so it was surf turf <laughs> potatoes and giant muffins in the parking lot of this stadium every single week and we would eat better in this parking lot I'm not exaggerating by far eat better in this parking lot than we would in our home with a stove.
1: Well, I mean, that's, yeah. Can I, you remember
0: a single time we had steak within the four walls of our house?
1: Well, yeah, when when someone didn't finish theirs after the Bills game and we all <laughs> gnawed at it so on, the, on
0: the kitchen floor. So let's talk about that, hold <laughs> on. Because I have vivid memories as a child from ages like six until 13. Mm-hmm. If we didn't go to the game with our dad, he would come home around eight o'clock at night mm-hmm. after tailgating and we would run to the door Yeah, because he would also buy extra steaks. He would buy like eight steaks for six people. Extra shrimp skewers and extra potatoes, and he would come in and he would open up like a rubber-made container and walk away. And you, me, and our two sisters, Megan and Katie, would like rabid dogs eat the leftover steak from
1: was made in the parking lot. It was very Tiger King at that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Here here's the no, thing. No, hold but- on, we're not going <laughs> past that. As I say that back out loud again. That is a deeply sad and
1: disturbing story. Well, sure. I mean, if you're as a as a thirty year old person, mid thirties, you know, <laughs> floating over that moment in your childhood, like, yeah, you're probably going to be a little embarrassed at that. Like, there were nights where our mother would make hamburger helper with
0: no hamburger. It was just helper, <laughs> just helper. That as my dad is bringing home leftover steak and shrimp and potatoes from a parking lot.
1: Okay let's I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little different perspective here oh, please how many people listening to this show do you think on a regular basis had steak potato surf and turf at a at you know their home for a a regular run-of- the-mill' no, never happened never right happened, sure. so so I give dad a little bit of grace when it comes to you know how he tailgated because I would want to do the same level of tailgate now that I am his age when he when I was that you know what I mean yeah now that I'm'm I'm, I'm in that position it is funny to think how much excess there was to those games because I, I I remember going shopping with him we would go to Sam's Sam's Club um miss Sam's club big time um we would go to Sam's he would get those muffins Every day, every week he would get one of those like like not even party size like club size, wholesale warehouse size bag of peanut MMs. <laughs> <laughs> like every home game. It
0: was ridiculous. Right. Like the amount of food. The, that's, and beer. The,
1: yeah, that the the, the excess <laughs> is is what stands out to me. And um, you know, and and and, and I when I went to the games, it was fantastic, man. Yeah. Like how wonderful is it to like you know, have a a steak and and potatoes. It's amazing. And look, look, look. In a parking lot. In the defense
0: of our father, when it comes to that perspective, in the parking lot, that's not unique. There's lots of people cooking steaks. There's lots of people making potatoes. You'll see guys marinate and getting there hours before to make sure all the food's ready to go with their ribs and their steak and all that stuff. I guess you brought up as like, looking at it now as an adult, you would like to have that tailgate at now being dad's age. I want you to look at it from another perspective. Though. Yeah. Let's say you spent all that money on that food mm-hmm. and you're going to go to the game and you're going to leave your wife and two girls at home. And for dinner that night, they're having skinny noodles and ground beef with salt on it. That's all they're having. Because um, that was one of our standard meals as children. And ketchup. And ketchup with that. That that meal banks. I'm and, sorry. And look, man. I'm with you, but it's only because that's what we ate a ton when we uh, were kids. No, I'm, I'm into it.
1: I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, get into all Do that. you think your <laughs> lovely
0: wife would be like, oh, how was the game and I love you as you come home with three <laughs> leftover
1: steaks after she just fed your children beef, skinny noodles, salt, and ketchup? You know, I I, I don't know. No, you do know. um, No, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, she'd probably be mad. Mad? <laughs> mad! She- <laughs> I am upset
0: with you. Here's, yeah. I you don't brought le- home $40 in leftover food. So, getting back to it was a different time. No, it wasn't. Going back to uh, what's going on in the parking lot of Bills games, right? There is always something unique next to you, no matter where you're set up in that parking lot. Mm -hmm. You got folks, deep fryers are completely standard. Uh, I've noticed recently, the last couple of years, a lot of guys cutting meats off of spits interesting like a um, like a hero situation uh, kind of some some kind of hero meat situation some of it is pork that they're twisting over an open flame and then Let's they turn shawarma, it sideways shawarma, that's the word I'm is it one the, and then some of it's we see pig roast in the parking lot every once in a while okay which is tough because pig roasts they have to go a long time yeah I thought what, so what time did you get there where you were able to roast an entire suckling pig
1: <laughs> don't say suckling that's what it's
0: called suckling
1: <laughs> what you go back to the Matt Milano conversation Um, no, I, I could see like camper lot. Yeah. (laughs) Camper lot. You're setting up your pig roast. (laughs) What the hell, dude? But, uh, but yeah, no, I feel like if you're just driving there to the game, like that's quite the investment of time. Uh, you know it getting there when the lot opens at what 8 or 9 9 now it's 9 yeah i guess if you're parking in the in the you know the the primary lots or the bills lots like yeah but i guess if you're parking in someone else's house like yeah no go ahead and roast your whole pig
0: okay but one of the best days we ever had when it came to tailgate food you me uh, our dad our sister we were hanging out in the game tailgate we're all adults at this point yes and we had set up involuntarily next to this gr- giant group Of people from Canada. Yeah. And they get out of their car and they set up this like grill we've never seen
1: before. I'm so
0: glad you brought this up. So is it, would you call it a, it's not a walk because it was flat. The thing had to be like six feet by six feet in a circle. Mm -hmm. It turns out that these folks were Nepalese. Mm -hmm. Now they're Canadian, but they were Nepalese immigrants. Yeah. Diehard Bills fans. And they
1: cooked a full Nepalese lunch next to us in the parking lot. You want to know how um, much I remember this? I remember what the dish was called. What was it called? It was called cutro roti. You just made I swear up. to God, I did Don't not. Don't be that guy. I swear to Don't God, I did not guy. make that and up. You didn't have to do the accent. Are you that guy? Cutro
0: roti. When you go to get Mexican, I do you ask for dude, guacamole?
1: Uh, I... <laughs> Excuse me, can I have some? No, they have gone. Only, only if I have a sore throat, I'll ask him for it like that. No, I remember it very distinctly because I was curious. Like, it was very spicy, very good. Um uh, th- that, that family it was was so cool to, to like let us kind of hang with them. Family, I say, like it was like 45. Yeah, there were people. 40 50 people. And um, we took
0: a picture with them. because yeah. They were very sweet. They accepted us into their tailgate. They were showing us answering questions that we had. One guy had that big bear costume. He had a big no, it was a dog. It was a bulldog was a costume. <laughs> Ryan drunkenly put the bulldog costume. Uh, costume on his head and danced around i was the only one laughing taking a video all the rest of the people were looking at him like what's wrong with this man give him his head back but we took the funniest part of that day is we all took a picture together so there's like 50 45 50 nepalese people mm-hmm. it's me you megan yeah and our dad megan, yeah. yeah and we were the most easily spottable people in that picture yeah like you, you, it was like what four of these things are not like the other like immediately <laughs> right but they were so great they were so they made us all lunch and insisted
1: we had everything and they explained yeah.
0: it to us didn't tell us how hot it was gonna be um,
1: didn't tell us that yeah <laughs> what's funny too it makes me feel bad like if someone from like uh, like just a complete stranger came up to me and I was eating a hot dog. And he'd be like, what's that? He'd be like, it's a hot dog, stupid. Go away. (laughs) This guy's like talking about like the saffron that goes into the, you know, to the rice and how they're like, I think there was like egg in it or something. They were so cool about like explaining every step and like explaining their story. Like they have like a a, a family reunion every year and that like coincides with all of them going to a Bills game. I didn't even think every one of them had tickets, but like half of them hang out at the parking lot. The rest go into the game. Like they were super cool people. I hope they're doing really well. (laughs) I don't know any, I don't remember any of their names, but they seem really cool. I, and, and you actually, do it, hold on, hold on. You don't remember any of their names, but you remember the name of the dish. I, what <laughs> was the name of the dish again, Ryan? Kothru Roti. Um, if I recall correctly, maybe I dreamt that, who knows? Um, but that actually, um, no, I, 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 I'll talk about that a different time. That was an elaborate, uh, tailgate situation. I can safely say that that I I don't plan on going that elaborate with my uh, personal uh, tailgate situation anytime in the future. And I do want to touch on something. We've talked about like the steak and potatoes and the couture roti and all of that. <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> you know, the, the standard tailgating fare. Yes. The suckling pigs. Yes. I'm sorry, man. You can't sleep. On a Wegman sub, nope. walk, just walking into the game. Shut up. You can't sleep Shut on up. it. Shut up. You can't do it, Look, man. man. I'm sorry. I will drink my breakfast uh-huh. and I will eat a sandwich walking into the game. Mm-hmm. And we'll you and I have done this multiple times. Sure. We'll drink our breakfast. We'll have we'll buy a whole sub. Yeah. We'll eat half of it walking into the game cut in force. Do you want to cut in force? Of course I do. I'm gonna get I'm gonna have a quarter sub walking into the game, and I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna eat the second quarter of that sub and then we're going to drive home. Okay. Look. You're out you're tailgating for cost of beer and 11.99 okay. for a large sub. Listen, I'm
0: not saying the sub isn't delicious. I'll let me some subs. And you're right. We've done this before. I always feel like a scumbag just doing the sub tailgate. Why? Cuz you're not really tailgating if you don't have a grill. You're not. I mean, look, you are not taking part in the tailgate experience in Orchard Park if there is no grill out. And I'll be I'll go even further. Look, I don't want to be someone who cooks steak every week and shrimp or what do you call it? Um, Kuthru roti. But even just putting on a burger and a dog feels like I'm cheating myself when I'm in the parking lot of that stadium.
1: Interesting. I don't feel that way. Um, But hey, more power to you. You're telling
0: me you don't judge people that just bring to go food with them.
1: I live, uh, my life is Planet Fitness now, Patrick. I live in a completely judgment-free zone. Okay, I I was going to say, you better finish that sentence in a way that isn't, I go to Planet Fitness a lot. See, that kind of judgment, I'm not going to deal with. I'm not going to live with it. Um, No, man, I'm not. And and here's another thing I'm going to throw in your face. I have sensed over the last two episodes that you are really gatekeeping a lot of things here with the lifestyle side i of the, the Bills. You, you mean, don't want to let your uh your your child go to a game because she doesn't love the bills as much as you do. No, you are misquoting you said me. that. You are misquoting. I said I didn't want her, she wasn't
0: going to a prime time game because she didn't have the time and grade invested to get a ticket where we haven't we've had what two Bills Monday Night Football home games fans can go to, so stop there.
1: Fair enough. Okay. Your your opinion versus my correct opinion. And now you're saying that you're throwing shade at the people that you know aren't bringing a grill. Look man. I I wait I would drive to a game in my two thousand Impala that I bought With 135,000 miles on it I'm not fitting a grill in that car I'm not <laughs> I bought it with 135,000 miles on it. I've been there okay I do I, you can't fit a grill in that car if I'm going to the game I'm gonna go to you know get some mini pizzas you know, or I'm gonna go get a uh, uh, a sub and I'm gonna I'm gonna make it my own look I get that there's
0: extenuating circumstances right like yeah of course not everybody can afford to bring a grill maybe you're not a tailgate professional you're just going to one game so going out and investing in a tiny grill and all that food that can't do it but if you're someone that's there every week, because I see these guys every week, and again, I am someone who does this every once in a while, and I don't feel good about myself. Hmm. I feel like if you get the full Orchard Park tailgate experience, the grill needs
1: to be there. Let me meet you in the middle, then. No, I, <laughs> I agree with you that everyone should at least once experience a tailgate like that, where you are going, you know, uh, you know, big time grills out, enjoying the atmosphere, grills out, grills out really getting a lot of sun in before the game. Everyone should enjoy that. Cause I, cause we have had that many times. I've been a part of that many times and there's nothing but fond memories. Um, at the moment afterwards, you don't know, feel so great sometimes. Well, let, but, me sp- let, me, let me bring something out here. Let's say that you and I were going to go to a game and okay. you had two friends
0: that had never been to a bills game before. Yeah. All right. And you say, Hey, come tailgate with us. Mm-hmm. You know what the expectation is? If they showed up and we handed them half a sub and a beer, you don't think they'd be upset.
1: Okay. Oh, well, have a great gatekeeper to we're prove. not we're not t- but that's not what the conversation was here. If I'm going I I agree with your your um you know brilliant your point yeah. on that if I'm going to bring someone to a game for the first time, I'm going to take good care of them. Real quick funny story. I took someone to a game one time and forgot their steak at home. <laughs> and 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 both of us had to split a steak. That is the saddest story. I felt so bad. Did you what, did you eat it from each side like Lady of the Tramp? Um, let's say yes. Um, so, yeah. But, no, I, I think if I'm going to, to bring someone like, you've never been to a game? Oh, I got a ticket. You know, let's go make a day out of it. No, I'm going all out. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to Costco the night before, and we're going big time. We're going big time. A whole Costco-sized bag of peanut M&M's. <laughs> Are going to be in my center console. Hey, man, do you like M&M's?
0: <laughs> we got to get into this game. The first non primetime game of the season. Terrible. And it's a doozy, man. Yeah. Well, at least it's become a doozy after what happened with the Dolphins and the Ravens last week. We will get into it. Last segment, wrapping it up. Let's go, Duffalo, on the Odyssey app where we get your podcast. 15 days, getting a little bit nervous about it? Battle for the division. All right. Ryan Duffy, my name is Pat Duffy. You are listening to Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app, wherever else you get your podcasts. Bills, Dolphins, 1 o'clock, the first non-primetime game for the Bills this season. And before the season started, this was a walkover, right? You looked at the schedule, the uh, first five games, yeah. you thought if you went 3-2 and two with the opponents that we had, you know, Baltimore scaring you, the Rams on the road scaring you opening night, mm-hmm. Tennessee definitely scaring Tennessee, you. Tennessee, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's take three and two. Dolphins is going to be definitely be a win. After last week, Bills fans are thinking maybe a little bit differently.
1: Yeah, I, so going into the season, I would, um, based on the success that the Bills have had against Miami over the last two years, um, yeah, I would say this would have been a. I, I don't want to say a walkover game, but um, yeah, I would. Have, I would have liked our chances. I still like our chances, well, obviously, but. Uh, I think the Dolphins have shown themselves to be uh, a bit more of a uh, worthy adversary over the last, uh, definitely after last week, but I guess over the whole season. I'm going to ask this question. Are the Dolphins good? Um, So they
0: beat Baltimore last week. They were down 21 points going into the fourth quarter. They come roaring back and score on the last drive. Yep. Have a defensive stand against Lamar Jackson, but... For the first three quarters, Lamar Jackson looked unstoppable against that Dolphins defense. He yeah. did whatever he wanted.
1: A really good comeback by Miami, no doubt about it. Um, are they good? I mean, they beat New England. Who knows okay. if? Uh, right. but hey, right. hang on a second. It's a division win. It's a conference win. You, you want them, You beat him at home. Yeah,
0: and in, okay, in that in that game. The Dolphins, Tua Valoa only scored one offensive touchdown. Like, that first week, they were getting a lot of, like, hey, these Dolphins might be good. You scored a single offensive touchdown against a team in New England who everyone knows is not going to be good this season.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but
0: still... I mean, you needed all four quarters to beat New England. Granted, it's a divisional game. I mean,
1: look... Divisional games are always tough. They're never a gimme, and, and you know, you, obviously, they're, they're must-win games if there ever is a must-win game.
0: Tua with six touchdowns, 450-some-odd yards. He tied a Dolphins record. You impressed mm-hmm.
1: by that? Uh, Yeah. No, it's impressive. There's no doubt about it. It's impressive.
0: The one thing that scares me going into this game on Sunday... Is the injury situation in Buffalo? Yeah. So we're taping this on Wednesday. It's their first day of Bills practice since the Monday night game. Mm-hmm. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 Bills on the injury report, and the majority of them are significant players. Now, Gabe Davis, you would hope, is coming back after missing that. He was questionable up until then thing. You're also going to hope Ed Oliver is going to be back for that game. Mm-hmm. But as far as injuries go in the game against Tennessee, Micah Hyde in his neck is a huge deal. That's a big one Uh, you have Dane Jackson we talked about before in his neck that's a huge deal yeah you could have two rookie corners in Kyrie Elam and Christian Bedford lining up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, yeah, two guys that went off against Baltimore in the fourth quarter
1: with only Poyer over the top to yep. to kind of help it out. I couldn't even tell you who are the, the backup uh, safety. Would it be Saron Neal? Yeah, I think so. he, he's he's who
0: he's who spelled him during the game when that happened.
1: Okay, so so yeah, no, that's concerning. And then on top of that, Milano left the game, uh, you know, toward the end of it. And, he was a full
0: participant in practice on Wednesday. Oh,
1: that's good. And uh, and same with um, Jordan Phillips, who actually looked like he pulled a hammy running into the end zone on the pick six. <laughs> um that from matt milano so which is funny because on the replay i was like why is like i thought he was just celebrating like just like rolling at the 10 yard line like that seems a little like okay but jordan phillips is an animated guy like all right great you do you and then i saw that he actually pulled a hamstring i was like oh that sucks
0: okay so again this is a wednesday report because this is when we're taping it as far as guys who did not practice at all lay it on me micah hyde Dane Jackson, the corner again, and Dawson Knox. So uh, he's got a foot. He showed up with a foot injury, Dawson Knox did. Hmm. By the way, I misspoke. I'm sorry. I said Dane Jackson did practice today. I was wrong. It was Cam Lewis who practiced with a forearm. He missed last week against Tennessee. I forgot about Cam Lewis. Jordan Phillips also did not practice today. So Micah Hyde. Dane Jackson, Jordan Phillips, no practice on Wednesday, along with Dawson Knox. Those are massive, massive holes on that defense.
1: Does that mean that... uh, So on the report, is Gabe Davis still on the report? He was limited today with an ankle. What about Oliver?
0: Oliver was limited today with an ankle. Okay, so that makes you feel a little bit better. But Oliver was limited the last practice. Was he limited? I think he did practice a little bit. I could be wrong. You could be right.
1: Who knows? But but yeah, no, I mean... all that notwithstanding, the injury situation uh, is is worrisome for sure. It's you, you you've seen a lot in the the game last week, um, and then you know post Rams game as well. Like that could be a, a big problem. Now to look at it from a positive note, you are still able to hang up forty one on the Titans with a original limited amount of people. Sure, um, but it does worry me that uh, I think that Miami is a is a, a a tougher out than Tennessee would have been and you're even more depleted than you were going against the Titans. Oh so, right. Yeah.
0: Look, I mean, the last two weeks, we've talked about who was, or last week especially, who wasn't going to be there and the Bills went out and blew out the Titans 41-7. Yeah. As we tape this, the Bills are six-point favorites on the road, which means there, that the bookies like them nine points better on a neutral field. I yeah. mean, that's a significant discrepancy for a divisional road
1: game. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Good, against a team that has proven themselves to be pretty good over uh, the last couple of weeks. I, no, I don't
0: think they're good. I don't think the Dolphins are good. I'm just going to say it. Like, the, w- the way they beat New England was not impressive. Okay. New England is not a good team. Divisional and, game. Okay, you had that amazing comeback against Baltimore, but you needed that amazing comeback against Baltimore. And there were some places, I watched that game wire to wire, Baltimore-Miami. There were some times during that game where you're watching the Ravens defense going, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like, there was two or three touchdowns where it was a gimme, like that one over the top to to kill If you saw the game, you know the one I'm talking about. They were playing without safeties, and you have two of the fastest wide receivers in the game. You got your safeties lined up as linebackers. Yeah, Look, the good news is this, for the Bills, the last few years playing against the Dolphins, you've been able to get to Tua, and that was with a subpar pass rush, mm-hmm. right? Like last year in Miami, Greg Rousseau and A.J. Epinesa went off, Yeah, went off on him. Now you've got Von Miller in there. Right, He has changed the game. We've seen it with this pass rush the last two weeks. In theory, that pass rush should be getting to Tua even better than it had been before. And to complete those passes and to utilize Jalen Waddell and Tariq Hill, you have to get the ball off. Can he get the ball off?
1: Um, So I know that Miami spent uh, either picks or or in free, free agency bolstered their offensive line. Um Okay, that's great. I still like Ed Oliver against any matchup that he's going to go against. Um, AJ Epinesa and Greg Rousseau last year, like you said, did really well. That was really kind of the only game, with the exception of Rousseau and the uh, the interception that he had against Patrick yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, um, but but in any case, it's like... It's funny you know, bring
0: that up. Like, the, the, after the Miami game was the second game of the season last year, Yeah, Rousseau goes off. I think he had two and a half sacks in that game. I went out and I bought a Rousseau jersey that week. I'm like,
1: here it is. He's come, <laughs> and he, he didn't do anything for like the next right. eight weeks. Right, right. Um, and same with with AJ Penessa, but but at the same time, I mean, like, yeah, I, I like our our matchup. Um, I like the fact that that the Bills don't really blitz and don't really, I don't want to say need to blitz, but well, they're they're very stingy with it because their front four can get home so well, but. Uh, and that and that obviously leaves more, uh, you know, heads to to the secondary to cover, you know, the two aforementioned uh, Miami receivers. So, yeah, no, I, I like the matchup in the Bills favor. But it's if like we saw with Tyreek Tyree Hill last year, you know, like I don't care who's throwing the ball. He has the the opportunity and the ability to change a game at the blink of an eye. You know, it's it, that scares me a little bit. I think he's a he's a dynamic player. There's a difference between Patrick Mahomes making him a dynamic player
0: and Tua Tungavailoa making him a dynamic player. Okay. And look, there's been a lot of people saying you can't ignore a six touchdown game that Tua had. You tied mm-hmm. it a Dolphins record, fine. Yeah. But he joins the hollowed halls of the six touchdown passing game with. Mitch Trubisky, which he had in Chicago. Nice. Sage Rosenfels. Ooh. Matt Flynn had a six touchdown game Matt in Flynn. Green Bay. Call, I mean, uh,
1: Mr. Backup Matt Flynn. Look,
0: man, we've seen what Tua Tungavailo has done. We saw it in week one. We saw it all last season. He has his new weapons.
1: Fine. I don't think he does it again. Counterpoint. Isn't Tua Tungavailoa leading the league in passing yards right now? Yeah, because he had a 450-yard gain. Okay. I understand it's week two. I mean, take it for what it is. All I'm saying is that I think that the Dolphins are a tougher matchup than... um, I, I don't know about the Rams. I think more so than... Um, than the Titans. Titans, fine. Do you think the Dolphins are a tougher matchup than the Rams? I, that's, that, I'm the hesitant Rams, to say that.
0: You know, no, no, you're hesitant. That's a, that's a dumb thing to say. The Rams have one of the greatest D tackles, in the, maybe of all time. They have an all-world corner who, and Jalen Ramsey, who the Bills just torched. I mean, they have a quarterback who won them a Super Bowl. Their wide receiving core, even without Aldo Beckham Jr., is very, very impressive. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So then I guess it, even more of an argument of like, I like... The bills in in this matchup, you're like I a, would say
0: you like a by six or more.
1: Um, well, I mean, what the line at Tennessee was ten, 10. and the line at the Rams was two three, and a half, two and a half. Yeah. Um, and and what it, what are the Dolphins six? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would say yes. If that is the case, it has to be like well, at least in as far as
0: last year's tradition, the Bills last season zero and six. In games decided by six points or less, did not win a one-possession final-score game. Interesting. Should have done it against Kansas City in the playoffs. Yeah, did not do it.
1: Um, was one of those Jacksonville? That was a low-scoring game, yes, right? Yes, it Was yes. Uh man. Um, yeah, no. I mean, like smart money, I think is is on you know covering the, the Bills. Buffalo to lay the, the points. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, especially after what's happened the last two weeks, but. Um, I don't know, Carl. Call me a nervous Nelly. I don't know. Who knows? All right, Bills, Dolphins, one o'clock on Sunday. Let's do it. <laughs> Shut. I up. want him. I, I'm sorry. Like credit where credits due. You know, after you know the the performance last week by the Dolphins. Props, man. I still want you. I want to play a big time. And look,
0: man, after what the Bills have done the last two weeks, I mean, blowing out to what worth what we thought would be really good teams coming into the season. Yeah. How do you have a doubt? Yeah, like you have to give me a reason to doubt you before I'm gonna doubt you now.
1: You know what? And I think that's a good way of looking at it. Um I am just, I guess, pessimistic by nature. All but- right. That being said, that's episode three. Uh we really appreciate everybody listening again.
0: If you're uh, listening on any of the apps there, on the Odyssey app, on any of your streaming services where you get your pod, we appreciate
1: a rating. And of course, five stars Please. is the only thing to go. This is a five star podcast. His name You gave me a finger. Um well I was gonna say, where can I? F- where can our fans follow you or find you on social? Where can they find you, Patrick? At Duffy on
0: WCMF. Okay. Odds are they found this podcast through at Duffy
1: on WCMF. You think so? On Twitter. You don't think they typed in Buffalo Lifestyle uh, in the search bar on it's Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts? Yeah, yes.
0: If you do, okay, how about this? To show Ryan that he's wrong. Mm. If you do search me on Twitter at Duffy on WCMF, after listening to this, finding it through a different way. Yeah. Tweet at me and say, Ryan was right. Thank you. And I bet you nobody
1: will. But let's say, Ryan, they wanted to follow you on social media. Oh. Where could they find you? Oh, thanks for asking. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rochester Rhino, spelled R-Y-N-O. And I look forward to seeing you there.
0: Why did you start an Instagram?
1: Oh, I, I don't know. It's been a while. It seemed like it was a good idea. Okay, I feel like, just
0: real quick. Yeah.
1: I'm wrapping this up. Sure, hit me.
0: I feel like this is going to your head going to my head we're, we're in our third episode we're in our third episode here okay right? you, I, I, pre, I love the swagger you got you're walking around you're stronger know that microphone you get confidence it makes me feel good you're oh, doing good. a great job we
1: should do a what's making you feel good segment.
0: doing a great job but like when i saw you start the instagram with the same handle mm-hmm. and like the the bio was 51 of let's go duffalo podcast well. yeah, I mean, just like you're almost like oh, yes yeah of course it's me it's ryan ryan's here now hey instagram I'm... can start ryan's here now
1: all i'm saying is that i i enjoy doing this with you so much Such I, i'm so what i'm so what finish your sentence a handsome boy yeah thank you um no man curse. i i love doing this Um, what, and, and those who have reached out with like the, the positive vibes and the, and just the, you know, the kind words about the podcast itself, it truly means the world to me. I, I, it makes me feel so good. I I said it before. I would do this with you just talking. We do this all the time anyway, with no microphone. So, so the fact that, you know, I get an, an, an opportunity and a medium or an avenue to, you know, kind of. Spread my thoughts and talk about the Bills. Like, come on, man, that's awesome. So, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. And hey, you can get more of those thoughts again on Twitter. Where can they get you,
0: Ryan? <laughs> Rochester Rhino. And on Instagram, <laughs> and Rochester Rhino. All right, that's gonna do it. We'll see you next week. Big win for the Bills against the Dolphins. We know it's coming. There's not even going to worry about. Tell your friends. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. It's Let's Go Duffalo on the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, go
1: Bills.